When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. The good, the bad, and the science. movies, comedians, and scientists. The good, the bad, and the science. Welcome to The Good, the Bad, and the Science, the show that breaks down the science of television and movies with a comedian and a scientist. Today, we're discussing BattleBots Bounty Hunters. So I'll ask about robots with awesome names like Sharko, Spear, and Jump. Hi, everyone. I'm your host, Ethan Edinburgh, and I've got two wonderful guests joining me today. My first guest is the amazing and hilarious creator and host of Let's Go Atsuko, a woke Japanese game show, and Ohio, good morning from inside a monster. Welcome to the show, Atsuko Akatsuka. Hi, Ethan. Thank you for having me. At first, I thought you were calling Chris hilarious. Oops, I said the next person you're going to bring on. The tease is gone. It's the like, secret's ooh. out. I was like, is he talking about me or is he talking about the scientists? You know, the hilarious, the beautiful. Yeah, the gorgeous. Um, I No, I am talking about you. I'm thrilled to have you on. I'm so excited to talk to you today. I'm a huge fan of yours. And you are about to embark on your debut tour. Yes, yes, yes. I'm very excited. Yeah. What a good time to do it, right? Delta variant <laughs> and all. I'm, yeah, I mean, I, I hope that's not deterring you or taking away from your excitement. And I hope that, you know, everyone's going to be safe on the tour and that it goes well. Yeah, yeah. You know, like when I was just sitting on my butt, like getting UTIs uh, in the year and a half, you know, um, since this all started, uh, all I really had time to do was like write more stand-up. So I'm really excited to share it with everyone. Excellent. Well, yeah. I speak for everyone when I say we're excited to watch it. So I'm curious if you have like productivity tips or secrets for creatives. I think just like, well, you know, for me, it helps because I'm a very open book. So the things that I'm interested in or into, like my family, you'll meet just from being on my social media where I'll talk about them in my comedy. Um, and uh, I would say if you're that kind of like performer or artist where you don't mind folks knowing your personal stuff, um, use that to like showcase your other talents too. Or, you know, don't be worried to incorporate that into your art, I guess. That, I feel like that is good advice. Yeah, sometimes it is tough for people to, to open up in their, in their art. And then when they do, that's the best stuff. Right. Yeah. And if it, it's okay, if it's just like, I just want to do stand up, I don't even want a social media, I don't want to make videos. Fine, then that's you too, you know? Okay, well, I, I actually have a, a social media based question that I want to get into with our with our next guest. So 
Let's talk to him. He is a professor in the Robotics Institute and Human Computer Interaction Institute at CMU. Welcome to the show, Dr. Christopher Atkinson. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. You are very welcome. Thanks for joining us, Chris. Dr. Chris, uh, Dr. C.A., what do you want me to call you here today? I think Dr. Chris is the right way to go. <laughs> okay, great. That's a real nice twist to it. Yeah, I think so too, Dr. Chris. So listen, before we charge into this episode, full speed saws spinning, I wanted to ask about your robotics history. So how did you first get into robotics? As a kid, I was very clumsy and I had uh, seven siblings and they were all very athletic and skillful and I was very jealous. And the rest of my life, I spent essentially automating what they're good at to show them up. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> so wait, what does that entail? How do you automate what they're good at? Uh, I build robots, for example, that juggle. And, you know, people look at that and say, okay, juggling's over is a human activity. The robots are better at it. <laughs> yeah, your sibling is useless and yeah. we don't, we don't value have, them. The fact that they have trophies and awards and records at their colleges becomes meaningless. A lot of care for your family. Is it true that you helped to inspire Disney's creation of the character Baymax for that movie, Big Hero 6? That's correct. Uh, Baymax was an inflatable robot that took care of people. We uh, were working on inflatable robots when some the Disney folks came around to get ideas. And we also said, well, if you're going to make it inflatable uh, so it can hug people, the whole point of the robot is take care of people. I, I want to point out, in Big Hero 6, they had battle bots. They had battle bots in that movie? Yeah, the first scene is, you know, they're, they look, it, it wasn't big, huge robots. It was little robots fighting it out. Wow. Okay. How do you feel about that? Uh, uh, Osco and I were talking very briefly before the podcast, and we were wondering, like, well, he's a robotics guy. I wonder if he's anti-robot violence <laughs> or if he loves battle bots. Oh, wow. You are asking a very hard question. On I, the I gotta one, give Otsko the credit for that one. I don't deserve that praise. <laughs> on the one hand, you're saying it's okay to be mean to robots. Mm-hmm. And someday your best friend's gonna be a robot. And you're really gonna have to, rest- you know, my wife, when the robot trash can doesn't open, she starts yelling at it. <laughs> and I keep saying, you know, someday the robots are gonna be sentient and they're gonna have a list of all the people who yelled at them or hit them or whatever. Wow. And in the robot revolution, those people are the first to go. You're saying robots are gonna hold grudges. That's what, I mean. Wouldn't you? Yeah, I guess so. A robot's never gonna forget. Wow, that's very That's really scary. So it seems you're against the robot fightings? I have never hit any of my robots. Wow. But what if they're designed to battle? That's their whole thing. Oh, well, that's that's very complicated. Uh, you know, we used to have gladiators fight for us. And I'm sure it was great entertainment, but we stopped doing that after a while. Uh, we still have football, though, and ice hockey. Yeah. And a really interesting question is, should BattleBots evolve to be robot football or robot ice hockey where the fights are, are more compelling. Okay, so you're saying the like sequel to BattleBots Bounty Hunter is going to be BattleBots 
NFL or BattleBots Ice Hockey Olympics, something like that. And in ice hockey, you know, they stop every once in a while and have a fight and knock each other's teeth out. In this <laughs> case, they could like take off the robot's head. Right. Oh, wow. Break his leg. I okay. think that would, that would really appeal to people. Yeah, yeah that's to true. The, to the inherent evil <laughs> that that is people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you just said rip off someone's head. Yeah. Wow. Well, Ultimately, the challenge of BattleBots is to get people to care either about the robots or the people behind them. Because if you don't care about anything, it's just like saying, okay, I went to a car junkyard and there are a bunch of busted cars. Who cares? Right. Yeah. Somehow they got to get it to be part of a story. And either it's going to be robot soap operas or robot ice hockey. Those are your two choices. I mean, Osco, I don't know about you, but I think I would watch a robot soap opera. I'd give that a yeah. chance at least. I would because too. when somebody right. kills somebody else in the soap opera because they're jealous or whatever, you can make it real. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and at the same time, fake because it's all part of a TV show, I guess. So it's yes, like, it'd be you very know. safe. Everybody's cool. They know nobody got hurt except there mm-hmm. are a lot of people who are whose contact with reality is a little iffy, and small children cannot tell the difference. They get very upset if somebody hits a robot. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's true. Yeah. That's all, um, actually only true for some of them. The rest of them deliberately hit and kick robots. Evil children. How that many the robots, robots will take out. do like? What are like? I'm starting to realize like I don't really know what robots are because you're talking about robots like all your friends and all these kids. You're talking about they. There's a robot near them. There's a like. Is a vacuum cleaner a robot? Well, a vacuum cleaner that runs itself around and makes its own decisions as a robot. And I have three floors in my house. I got a robot vacuum cleaner on each one because they can't go up and down stairs. Right. Okay. I punch a button and they go vacuum a floor. That's a robot. Okay. Yeah. Then I don't own any robots. Okay. I could never be mean to one. We're going to allow you in on a special exclusion. Do you own a dishwasher? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's a robot? Sure. Dishwashers nowadays have sensors oh. and they have mm. brains and they obviously act. Same with a clothes washer, clothes dryer. Got it. Okay. I got those too. So yeah. everyone be robots. So, so these are the things you're saying kids like but you were saying kids are nice to them. Kids are so, hate it when people are mean to someone's some dishwasher. Kids. Yeah. Some kids. Okay, Disney would love to have robots in their parks, okay? But one of the things they realized is, and this is true of the people walking around in costumes as well, is lots of little kids like to run up and kick it. Mm. You know, that's just how little kids interact with stuff. That's one of the Um, kids' favorite things to do. Kids love kicking. And if you get a mob of them, you know, it's like that, you know, the situation, I've forgotten the title of the book, but all these kids are on an island. They start killing each other. Mm-hmm. Right. You're suggesting that. Yeah. like Peter Pan, for example. <laughs> I thought you were talking yeah. like Battle Royale. Or... <laughs> That's what I thought. Yeah, I thought you were proposing we round the kids up and send them to an island and let robots take over where the kids were. That that. That's beyond my area of expertise. You told me I didn't have to say anything about stuff that, you know, I shouldn't. No, for sure. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, you know, the more you describe kids, I started 
you know, and here's the thing, okay, this, this, this show that y'all made me watch, <laughs> I like got me getting into violence. And I was like, who am I? What is this topic doing right. to me? I, you know, I, I started getting scared of myself. I was like, why am I rooting for this? Why am I rooting yeah, exactly. for destruction? And now the more you talked about kids and how they always kick things and p- people, um, yes. it started getting me thinking sick too, where I was yeah. like, well, let's just kill these kids. <laughs> like, honestly, that's where I was going. I'm just being honest. Okay? Send these dangerous kids to an island and let them kick each other all they want. Right. Not to get political or anything, but, you know, what was January 6th? That was a bunch, <laughs> a bunch of, kids. of kids. That was a bunch of kids storming a... Yeah, uh, kicking the Capitol. And mm-hmm. they didn't think they were doing anything bad. They still don't. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. The break is over. Here we go, back to the show about science. The thing about this show that y'all had me watch, right, was I discovered something new about myself, which I was like shocked by. I I was rooting for the violence and I was like, what? What's happening to me? Like, who am I? This is I'm a sweetie, you know, Mm -hmm. and uh, but it was cool because I knew it was robots. And like you were saying, Chris, like Dr. Chris, like it was about the people behind the robots as well, you know? Yeah. Um, that's, but when that's it came what down, captivated me also. Oh, but when it came down to the robots, I was like, kill, kill, kill. And I was like, I never, I never say that. What, what's gotten over me? Saw him in half. I too was totally into it because I was paying attention. I, I got totally into it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, same. I, I threw my lunch down. Your whole lunch? There was one thing where the judges had to make a decision and they made a decision. It was totally wrong. And I got up and started screaming at the TV. Oh, no. Sorry. Sorry to get you so animated. Yeah, they really do a good job where you're just like, you want to root for someone? Who are you rooting for? I guess it's like sports, but I don't watch sports. So in a weird way, it's like this was um, the first time I watched like a UFC fighting type of show. You know what I'm saying? I haven't watched that kind of stuff before because I do get a little freaked out by UFC type violence, like people just getting... It looks like killed. I mean, I know they're all okay by the end of the fight, but when you watch that stuff, even boxing, I'm like, I don't know if this guy's going to survive and it's not sitting well with me. But I guess I was able to get into these more because they're just machines and I was rooting for the teams and stuff too. Um, but uh, but yeah, it was pretty, pretty intense. It got more intense than I thought it would. And now I'm scared because these robots apparently remember. Is what, that's what you said, Dr. Chris? They'll remember those people were cheering for the other guy. Yeah, and if they're I smart and if they're you. really, really smart, they'll know that me and like all three of us were cheering behind our screens too. Yeah, they'll know who everybody watched, who watched it. But a question in my mind is: to what extent is this like WWE, the, the wrestling stuff, where it's basically all sham and rigged, Ooh. and they know who's going to win in advance? I mean, that's a question for you, really, because I mean, I'm looking at the variables and factors on these robots. I feel like that's got to be a hard thing to to rig i mean you got saws flying and hammers and stuff like who can guess how that's gonna go yeah fire fire driver the driver can hold back and say you know if i do nothing no one's gonna hit me but it was very clear some drivers were 
just driving into the other robot again and again and again, even though it was bad for him. That's true. I was wondering whether they were told, your job is to just keep the action going. Keep running into the other robot. The other robot just sits there spinning, and every time you hit it, bam. There was definitely a lot of action, and I didn't know. I haven't watched BattleBots in a long time, and so I was unaware of the obstacles that are in the arena besides the robots fighting. Like, I really thought it was just going to be the two robots fighting, but, like, no. On the edges, you have these, like, screws that are turning that can kill you, and then, like, after a certain amount of time, saws come out of the ground and they can kill you, too. So it's a really, uh, yeah, it does actually remind me of, like, old Gladiator stuff where they'd, like, release a lion or whatever. Yeah, I was like, well, what's, uh, what's their motivation to keep going, you know? I would, I would just give up. I, I would say, okay, I have to fight this other robot that has a hammer that comes out and throws flames, okay, while there's other things that are going to, you know, be trying to hurt me. By the way, I mean, I, I still have more robotics questions for you, Dr. Chris, about your, your history and stuff, and we'll, we'll hop back and forth. But because we're talking about this specific episode, BattleBots, Bounty Hunter, it's on Discovery Plus if you guys want to watch it. Um, I, I, I had a question specifically about what you mentioned, Atsuko, which is Chomp, okay? Which is probably my favorite robot in the episode because of the name, but also because it was huge. They said it was like 500 pounds, which I couldn't believe, and that it had like flamethrowers in it. And I was wondering before the fight, why would you install that? Why does it need flamethrowers? And then for some reason, it exploded. It like had an internal fire and it just completely, uh, yeah, the fire went everywhere and they had to stop the match. So Dr. Chris, can you explain to me why you would install a flamethrower on your <laughs> robot like does that is that effective or is it look for the pyrotechnical look of it why would you do that uh it's 50 percent. it looks good oh. and 50 percent. it might actually help you but chomp wasn't very maneuverable so you know the chances of chomp aiming the fly flamethrower at anything that would be useful seem to me pretty low so you need a you need an agile flamethrower. You need to you need to position it correctly as well. There was another little tiny robot that was the little yeah, sister or brother the of mini a big bot. Robot. Oh right, that seemed totally illegal. By the way, I can't believe they got away with having a mini bot around. I said, okay, so that's that's two robots. <laughs> right. No matter how small, that is two robots that's enter- playing for your team. <laughs> Yeah, that's got to be cheap. I don't know what the rules are exactly of BattleBots, but they just kind of skimmed along like it's all good. And the only job of the mini one was to just throw the flames. Gosh, they love the flames. Yeah. Well, you'll notice it didn't actually flambe much of anything. No, it didn't. No. It wasn't very good at aiming the flame at the other robot. Right. Okay. Here's an important question. Have you ever built, Dr. Chris, a... I don't want to say violent robot because it sounds bad, but a, a, a battle bot. Have you built something that is designed to attack and or defend? No, but I did <laughs> teach a class once where there were projects and people made robots and there was a robot that was supposed to go through a, a bunch of paper obstacles. Okay. And one team built a flamethrower and burned everything down and then went straight. <laughs> did you give them an A? Yes, sure. Why not? <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, okay, well, if you were to do this, if you were forced into BattleBot competition, 
would a flamethrower be near the top of your list of priorities? The really interesting thing about BattleBots is it's a very fast version of evolution. If we wind back to the first BattleBots, they had a very limited set of weapons and they mostly just bammed into each other. And then somebody figured out, I can put a lifter in there. And then somebody figured out, if I spin, I've stored an enormous amount of energy and if anybody touches me, it's going to be really bad for them. So there's this, this fascinating evolution of somebody invents a weapon, somebody invents a defense, somebody invents a weapon, somebody invents a defense. And, you know, there are these very long lists like launchers, wedgers, you know, off-center wheel, blades, hammers, knives, axes, air cannons, clamps, jaws, drills, drums, catapults, plows. You know, the list just goes on and on. It's incredibly creative and to me, very interesting. But don't forget the outfits, too, of the humans, you know. Wow. That's when my mind was blown. I said, hold on. And you look like farmers. I mean, that's A+. Plus. I, I would give style points. If I, if I were a judge on the show, I would give style points for matching, you know, the aesthetic of your robot. The farmer guy actually worked in a nuclear power plant. I want to keep that straight. Oh, he's, wow. He's, he's sitting there. In a nuclear power plant, controlling the nuclear power plant. That, that's the guy who's keeping the nuclear power safe. I and got it. he gets his jollies by destroying things. Got it. Right. I mean, he's got to get it out somehow. He has you to get it out. You got to put those together. But, but you know. There's the hell out of me. I think the, the friendly looking farmer outfits kind of balances that out to me. Really? Where yeah. Yeah. He could have been a Bond villain or something. I mean, that's interesting. Any of these people, you have this kind of power to be able to build these kinds of robots. You know, yeah. mm -hmm. at first, Doctor Chris, the way you were describing how you got into making robots, I was like, this is actually, in a way, a perfect villain story. You have a perfect yep. villain story. If you wanted to be a villain, you could. You know, it's like my sisters and brothers were athletic. I was not, so I beat a robot that would beat them and jumping and swimming you know what i'm saying it's like mm -hmm. what a perfect yeah. you could be president you could run for you're, president you're, yep and well, you should okay so there are only a few plots in the world and one plot is people are imperfect let's just replace them with perfect robots mm -hmm. uh-huh yeah that is a plot yeah it's a is that your is, is that, that your, your ultimate goal is that what you're trying to do uh no, the far more common plot, which you saw in 2001 and a lot of other stuff, is the robots told, keep the place clean. It just figures out the humans are the source of the mess, so it kills all the humans. Right. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, I want to ask you about the future of robotics as well. I mean, you, you build humanoids. Is that appropriate to say? Yes, and these battle bots are not humanoids. They're more like lawnmowers. And I put it to you, do you love your lawnmower? No, you kick it. You, it never starts, you're pissed at it. It sits in the garage all the time. This BattleBot stuff would be much better if those things were humanoid. I'm starting to think you kick a lot of your robots, Dr. Chris. 
Yeah, uh, yeah. I have never heard a robot. <laughs> so, uh, Other you just expect, have. right. I've never heard of a robot. Well, okay. Otsuko and I would also never do that, okay? We treat yeah, our we dishwasher like, yeah, like our family. I, I've beaten the crap out of people. Oh, wow. Never That's fine. <laughs> no big deal. So what, what's a humanoid? Is it like a, like Robocop? Uh, yes. It's a really interesting question. What counts as a humanoid? Okay. A very strict definition is it's got a body like a person. Okay. A more fluid definition is, well, maybe it can have four arms. Okay. Maybe it's mm. a giant spider. But as long as you can talk to it as if it was a human, it's a humanoid. Wow. So there, there are cultures that put humanness in everything. A tree to them is a humanoid. You know, the wind is a spirit that has a personality, gets angry, all this stuff. That's a humanoid. But what I care about are robots that look like people. Okay. And you're building these all the time. Yes. It turns out that they're pretty expensive to build, so not everybody build one. Uh, in the United States, there are very few places that actually are building one, and the most famous is a place called Boston Dynamics, where they have this Atlas robot that runs around. When I think Boston Dynamics, I always think of that dog one that, like, dances around. That's the around. pet. That's uh, the okay. pet. That's the human. That's the minibot with the flamethrower. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's his little partner. The dog thing is scary, okay? Because it's it's got an arm in its head. So, wow. ugh. Yucky. Yeah. So you were but, saying if it was humanoids battling, then they would do a better job. They'd get a bigger audience. People oh, would start okay. to really care. You know what I want to see with humanoids in a battle is instead of violence, they use harsh words. Okay. Yeah. Oh, just a get... roast. Humanoid roast. Humanoid roast. Oh. You need to be very careful what you wish for because you just wish to be replaced by a robot. Well, Are we I mean, going to have comedian robots? Seriously? Is that what you want? Well, I was thinking pre recorded, you know, pre recorded. No, 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 man. No. You, do you even have an Alexa? I don't say her name so loud. She could turn on. So, it, I bet in you know a very short period of time, five years, you're going to have Alexa comedians. Oh boy! She already makes me laugh when she pretends she has no idea what I'm saying. Yeah, it's only pretend. You know, they know. No, remember when? Remember when Alexa? Sorry, I'm whispering because I don't want her to start playing music or whatever. Remember when Alexa started just laughing out of nowhere in people's homes? Do you remember this? Yes. Uh, yeah, no, I don't. It, it's a thing, Ethan. It was like, it went viral. It was, everyone was talking about it on social media. It was, there was an article. It was a glitch or something. It was a malfunction oh, where in a, bunch so scary. Of, in a bunch of people's homes, their Alexa just would just start laughing. Just like this, like, ha, 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 ha. Oh, my God. I hate that. And it was some kind of glitch. Is that right, Dr. Chris? I forget what it was, but it was doing now, this. Who knows? Who really knows the truth? I said, if that happened to me, I would, I would, uh, you know, put fire to her and throw her off the cliff. I would, <laughs> I would throw her so hard. So at that point, it's, it's you or Alexa. It is only a matter of time before Alexa becomes the your best friend, the the thing you confide in. Mm, mm -hmm. Wow. Okay? So 
You're saying we're going to have like robotic therapy soon. The technical term is personal agent. One uh, of the things they can do is therapy. One of the things they can do is companionship. Mm -hmm. One of the things they can do is babysitting your kids or your parents or whatever. Mm -hmm. There'll be all sorts of things these things can do. Do you, do you want to make a prediction on when that's going to happen? Because for me today, hearing you say that, I'm like, there's no chance. I'm not letting a robot take care of my kids. That's wild. Seriously? Yeah. yeah. Seriously? What? <laughs> yeah, if like I told you that your phone could, you know, entertain the kids, keep them from burning the house down, and would call 911 if there was a real problem, surely you'd go out. No. For an hour, <laughs> two hours, you can't find a babysitter, you got an emergency, you're going to use the phone. I don't know. Atsuko, what do you think? I mean, I, I don't have kids. I have two cats, but I don't even know if I would let a robot watch the cats. I mean, Seriously, if I'm going... Go on the web. There are all kinds of robots for cats that feed them at the right time and have little robots that run around so the cats can chase them. There's a whole industry yeah, of cat robots. What if, what if, right, it's just about that malfunction, though, you know, like the, the laughing out of nowhere, you know, where the or robot... The flamethrower... Uh... Yeah, where the robot decides the some, suddenly this cat is an intruder and it starts beating it. Are you saying you've never met a human that, ha that has malfunctioned? Oh, no, of course. We're all, I'm always taking a risk every time I step out of this house. You know, we, we've seen humans, especially during the pandemic. I just sat at home, watched TV, and I said, we're in a rush to go out and live amongst these people. <laughs> <laughs> We were. We were in a rush to go live amongst other people. And we've seen other people. I get it. I get yeah. it. Don't, don't you think your attitude towards robots is just pure prejudice? Yeah, maybe we've seen too many movies. That, that was actually something else I wanted to ask both of you. Like, do you have a favorite robot movie? Like, is there one that sticks out to you that you can watch again and again? Or, or just, I don't know, that you agree with how they, uh, you know interpreted the robotic future that we're headed for i have two movies one is real steel which was about battle bots with humanoids i cry oh, wow real steel okay i gotta watch that and then the other one is I, i'm getting old so i forget movie tiles i can look it up if you want but it it, it it's like the robot and frank or something like that and it's about an old guy and their kids want to institutionalize him, which is like sending him to prison. And he refuses. And the alternative is, okay, you got to have this babysitting robot with you all the time. And it's about how he deals with that. And it's very funny, but it's also in many ways true to life. Okay, right. that sounds good. Uh, Let's go. You got one or two? Yeah, there's so many robot movies I haven't seen. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm a cartoon person. So oh. Wally. -E, oh, you know. Man. Yeah, I love Wally. Yeah. Wally also made me cry, gotta say. Be honest yeah. with you both. Of course. Yeah, robot I don't yeah, robot movies are always touching and sad because it's always it centers around loneliness and also loss and what mm -hmm. if like you start yeah, it, a lot of loneliness in ro robot like conversations, you know, because we're talking about like accompanying people who who may need it. And um, and also, what if the robot starts having feelings, but they feel it's it can also be a fish out of water story. You know, they're tear jerkers. Yeah, you're right. So true. Yeah. And then now we're just 
They're just fighting each other. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. The break is over. Here we go. Back to the show about science. These are not movies. These are real life. My mother, after a certain point, she wanted to have a dog for companionship. She lived alone, very lonely. Couldn't possibly take care of a dog. Should she have had a robot pet? Absolutely. Would she have been happy with a robot pet? Maybe. Some people, if you're desperate companionship, you'll you'll talk to your boat or your car. You'll give it a name. Right. right. Well, not a robot pet. Does that... Is that one of your goals, Dr. Chris? Is that something that drives you is to, you know, help the help people that are, you know, in those kinds of situations that are alone you know, to, to have a companion like that? Originally, my goal was to build a robot for my mother. Mm. Wow. And a newspaper even wrote that. said, you know, going to build a robot for his mother. Yeah. And then the next thing was, so far, she hasn't been happy with any of them. <laughs> Uh, now, I got to worry about making a robot for myself. Oh. I got about 10 to 20 years before I'm in her position. Wow. I don't want to be sent to prison. I'd be happy to live under the care of a robot. Mm, okay. Yeah. How, and what's, what's the journey been so far? Where are, where are you at? You have a humanoid friend? I tell you, it's really close. There are incredible economic incentives for Amazon and Apple and all these other people to get a conversational agent, have a conversation that lasts longer than a minute or two minutes, but in fact lasts for days, months, years. Mm. And it remembers the previous stuff you've talked about. Right. It remembers who you are. And that's going to happen really soon. Yeah, that's what I was. That's what I was going to say. Shouldn't it, shouldn't it happen? To, it feels like that's not very far fetched from where we're at. Right, and the the payoff for whoever gets there first sort of wins the attention of all these people, and they get sucked into their robot buddies. They're never going to switch to anything else. Mm. Interesting. Wow. Well, so far, like the closest thing I can think of uh, to like this solution for like lonely people because I think about it all the time too and I know I'm supposed to be the comedian but I'll get real here for a second I've been looking for someone like that for my mother too my mom uh, suffers from schizophrenia and uh, she also has epilepsy so she has seizures like three to four times a week in fact this is probably why I became a comedian <laughs> anyway but <laughs> um, so you know speaking of robots like I, I'm from Japan where you know there's the conversation around loneliness is like huge there. Um, they have a business called Rent a Family. Have you all heard of that? No. So there's a it's yeah. So Rent a Family is a business that started in Japan where folks maybe like my mother, um, you know, can rent actors to play. You know, let's say you just lost your partner, you can rent an actor to pretend to be their your spouse. Um, wow. You can rent a uh, a granddaughter if your grand actual granddaughter doesn't come visit you anymore, or you know you can rent parents if you lost your own parents to QAnon, or you know oh <laughs> to pretend to be normal parents or whatever you know. Right. And um, so you know that's I think that's a service uh, that's like closest to you know what you're trying what you're describing dr. Chris is right right now it's with humans other humans but they're actors and it's their job to uh, keep folks company 
in however capacity they want. So the technological version is your spouse dies. We take all your home movies. We take a, you know, anything that's written down. We make stuff up. And we can build a dialogue machine that essentially does the everyday grunting and you know, whatever you say to your spouse during an average day. We can te technologize, you know, basically put that in your phone. Sure, for sure, yeah. If you wanted that, you know. Maybe you don't. Right. You don't. Maybe you well, don't want to replace your. I, I was going to say it brings up the question of if you want, like, I feel like anybody would want it. Like, the craving for that would be there no matter what, probably. But having it there, the question to me is: is that healthy or not? Because in one situation, like having a new friend for you know someone like you know you're saying it's like really old and by themselves, like that seems really sweet and okay. Now they have this person, but to recreate a copy of your loved one who passed away, that's going to be I think even tougher to get over or to move on from if you're interacting with this technological copy of them. No. So one of the things that's calming for people in an Alzheimer's unit is to look at old photo albums. Mm -hmm. Okay? Or, you know, maybe watch home movies. Right. This is just a super home movie. Mm. Okay. But I, I, I get what you're saying too, Ethan. Like, have you ever met someone? Uh, <laughs> my aunt, <clears throat> she, she's had uh, a be She always gets a beagle, okay? Uh, she gets a beagle over and over and over and always names it the same name. After one beagle dies, she gets another beagle and then names it the same thing, you know. At a certain point, I was like, Auntie May, like, just name it something other than Snoopy. Like, this time, yeah. this one time, <laughs> can you, like, you need to get over Snoopy from 30 years ago. <laughs> Please, wow. for your sanity. Because every time it's not Snoopy, you know what I'm saying? It's not the it's Snoopy. Replacement that she, Snoopy. Yeah. You know, Snoopy 1A. People clone their pets. I know, I know. And it's like, it's not going to be the same. And it's probably going to maybe make you sadder sometimes. Like, oh, the old Snoopy loved cuddling with me, you know? Right, yeah. This new Snoopy doesn't behave like the old Snoopy. I'm pissed. Yeah, and also I was like, you didn't look that far into... I was like, where'd you get that... <laughs> She watched the cartoon Snoopy, and Snoopy is a beagle in the cartoon, too. So I was like, why don't you just, like, give it a name that means something to you, not something you just got from the Peanuts, you know? <laughs> right. But anyway. Did you ever have a favorite car? Me? No, no, no. I'm not close to, care. like, my... Yeah, I'm not close to my material stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm the same no way. Boat, nothing. No How about favorite clothes? How about a favorite sweater? Sure. Uh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. And when that wears out, what happens? I just get a duplicate. Oh, you mm -hmm. do? Yeah. Well, that's also convenience. That's that's stuff. It's different than a person or a pet, right? That you have is you it? had an emotional bond with. It is a good question. I see what you're. I see what you're doing here, Doctor Gris. <laughs> I'm all set up to hug Snoopy, deal with Snoopy. It's all a ritual. Just get me another Snoopy. Yeah, you're right. At one, at some point, it's like, what is the threshold of comfort? Like, at like, where on the spectrum is it 
acceptable or not acceptable or moral or immoral. It's like at the end of the day, it's all kind of a comfort. That's what I'm getting from your from your example there, Dr. Chris. I, I don't think this is about morality. Okay. It's about what works. No, mm-hmm. that's true. Functionality. Right. Function. Yeah, you know, yeah, you're right. Well, well these are the kind of questions that... forever for my auntie. <laughs> the way we take care of old people is terrible. Yeah, that I, is true. Yeah, I so agree. Any, almost anything would be an improvement, technological yeah. or otherwise. That's a really good call. Um, Well, I, for one, think that every person over the age of 65 should get a free battle bot. I hope you guys are with me on that. Um, They should all be battling in their homes with their friends uh, online in their bathrobes via VR. Oregon would be the center of battle bots, that giant living place that the politicians go campaign at. I forget what it's called, Central Florida. You know, each plus... I think it's called the village, but each cluster of houses would you know, be a team and they mm-hmm. go after each other and it would get out of the ring and into the real life. And the battles would just slam into other people's houses and chew them up and destroy them and burn the place down. Yeah. Uh, I, I live near central Florida for most of my uh, young life. So that's a perfect place for it. I really got to say <laughs> that whole place can get burned down. It's a no big deal. Well, I'm going to let you all, you know, just get, I'm no Organize Florida pers- expert. I don't want to speak. Are you touring there? Because we are running out of time here. Unfortunately, I feel like I could speak to you guys about uh, the future of technology and robots course, all day. Yes, yes. But uh, but but yeah, where are you going on tour? Where can people find you? Let's go. I'm at Otsko Comedy, and uh, my tour locations and dates are on OtskoLive.com. So you can check it out there, yeah. Great. Awesome. Thank you again for joining us. Are you touring in Florida or South Florida specifically? So right now it's just East Coast and West Coast, but then South, South dates will come out. Like It will be in January of next year. Okay, cool. Well, if you skip it, no big deal. Don't worry about it. It sounds um, like you're talking about destroying uh, where you live. You, it sounds like you were ready to let Florida go so fast, Central Florida. There, I mean, I think the ocean's going to do that anyways for me, but um, but there's okay. a reason I live across the country from it. I guess let's put it that way. Right, right. I'm sure you'll miss like a couple of people if when the bots yeah. start chomping away. Okay. Oh, yeah, totally. No, the people, there's a ton of great people there and delicious mariquitas, if you will, pastelitos. California when water basically is too high for Florida. Okay, I got to find a new spot. After your tour, let's go tell me where the next cool place is and I'll just move there. (laughs) I will. I will. Okay, good. I I need a review. Rate every city one out of 10. You don't have to publicize it, just send it to me. Yes, I will happily do that. <laughs> okay, great. Sounds like a really annoying task, but I appreciate you <laughs> taking it on. Um, Dr. Chris, uh, you said it's tough uh, to build these humanoids. Is there a place people can help out? Well, it's funny you mentioned that. I have a web page that is about build-baymax.org. If people are interested in building a real Baymax, they can give us a contribution or send us their ideas or offer to help or whatever you want. Uh, I don't have as exciting a life as a comedian. I just sit here and build robots. Uh, that's <laughs> very exciting. You're changing the world. I'm bothering it. 
That's what I do as a comedian. We're, we're bringing both sides, the yin and the yang of the program here. Yes. <laughs> well, I thank you both. This is, uh, has been so much fun. And, um, and I'll, I'll talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye. Thank you so much. Hosted and produced by Ethan Inberg. Executive producer, Brett Kushner. Supervising producer, Emily Feld. Producer, Darby Rose. Editor, Michael Feld. Talent Booker, Samantha Barella. Post coordinator, Jason McKenzie. And research PA, Ali Rudenstein. Bye bye.